0: Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. Uniting coaches at every level of the game around the love of the game. We are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky.
1: Happy Valentine's Day to each and every one of you from United Soccer Coaches. Love our show today. We start off with Amanda Mitchell. She's the development officer for United Soccer Coaches Foundation. Talking about a big partnership with Target. She'll start the show. Then Andy Hiley. He's a member of United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. Smart guy. Big time lawyer. Played soccer for Charlie Slago at Davidson. It's the final push to get that bylaw passed to give United Soccer Coaches a vote as part of the U.S. Soccer Federation board of directors then we have some fun one week after national girls and women in sports day Kendra D. St. Aubin the only full-time analyst calling major league soccer games she does that for Minnesota she is on the program and then this week's visit with members of podcast row the Cooligans. they're hilarious that's our show and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor team snap
2: Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help customers save their time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more.
1: United Soccer Coaches at the end of January announced a new initiative in collaboration with Kids in the Game and Target Corporation's Youth Soccer Grant Initiative. The United Soccer Coaches Foundation has been awarded over $90,000 in grants for coaching education for the deployment of urban soccer initiatives across the country. Beginning in the first quarter of 2019, the foundation will begin to execute urban soccer diplomas as well as other development courses in 15 cities across the United States. Now, coaches who attend the Urban Soccer Diploma will learn best practices in youth development and soccer with a special emphasis on training in non-traditional settings. Each coach who attends these target-funded courses will have the opportunity to support United Soccer Coaches' commitment to culture, an initiative by coaches for coaches to build a unique, positive soccer-playing culture in America. And here to talk about all of that is United Soccer Coaches Development Officer Amanda Mitchell. Amanda, thanks for uh, being on the program.
3: Dean, happy to be back.
1: Yeah, I love spending time with you. And let's start with just kind of some general history of this project.
3: Yeah, you know, this uh, project really kicked off um, about a month after I joined United Soccer Coaches. Um, Target, uh, for the first time ever, really um, encouraged professional development now as part of their youth soccer initiative, which... Um, our organization knows a little bit about that, I'd say. And so we were really excited to receive that news that coaching education was now um, highlighted as one of their pillars and priorities for, for this initiative. So we got to work um Applying for, for all of these uh, markets and different targets across the country, one of the unique things about this um, application process is we apply for each store individually. Um, so when we say we received over $90,000, that's over 90 applications that we completed. Um, so that was a really fun uh, process. Uh, again, happened the month of June right after I started. And so then then we played the waiting game in terms of just waiting to hear back to see whether or not targeting kids in the game saw saw the story we were trying to tell and the impact that we wanted to create. And so about middle of December, I got the really exciting phone call that every single one of our applications had been approved. Um, So then becomes the daunting task of now we have to follow through with what we said in those those grant applications. And so now we're into the execution phase um, of what we're going to pull off for the next year. And so now we have through December 31st, um, to own up to what we to what we put in those applications and we've picked off kind of the announcement phase within the first quarter and now we're moving into the into the execution phase and really launching these courses and getting education out there to coaches that, that are that are hungry for it and wanting to better their, their education.
1: I already said there's gonna be fifteen communities but I didn't say them so what communities are going to be involved with this initiative, Amanda.
3: Yeah so we really hope that we um, did a great job in this kind of beta project of, of getting communities that represent and um, multiple areas of the country. So in no particular order, we'll have the Kansas City metro area, both KCMO and KCK, uh, New York, the New York City area, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Cincinnati, Ohio, the Hartford, Connecticut area, as well as Denver, Colorado, Indianapolis, Indiana, Detroit, Michigan, San Francisco, which is kind of unique, and we'll also be targeting Oakland and Berkeley. So those three will be having three um, execution plans separately. Providence, Rhode Island, Seattle, Washington, and Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, One of the biggest questions I've gotten from folks that are not from these metros is how they can get their community involved. And so what we're really trying to do is this is kind of our beta year in terms of our partnership with our funding partner, Target, and then as well as Kids in the Game. And we want to show just some really impactful success with these communities. And hopefully then for the 2020 year, we can expand to two additional markets in addition to these. So if you're from those markets, and are excited about wanting to bring coaching education to your community, please reach out to me. Um, again, we're right now in the phase of getting local boots on the ground partners to host these courses. And we have, starting with four co- courses that we're really trying to execute and kind of alluded to some of them, with that being our Urban Soccer Diploma, our 4v4 training, our 7v7 and 9v9, as well as the 11v11. And really the only caveats to these trainings are it needs to be free for anyone who attends, we're really trying to target coaches who are serving in inner city and urban um, underserved communities, and that's that's really it. That's the caveat. So, if they feel like they're an organization or a coach that really wants to be a part of this, then they just need to reach out to me, and we'll get them. We'll get them in the pipeline.
1: How do coaches and clubs get involved?
3: Really, it's just reaching out to, to us via my email. Um, all of this information that we're kind of going over is on the foundation page of the website, which is at www.unitedsoccercoaches.org backslash donate. Um, there, we list the city, talks about how to reach out and get involved. Really, it's an email to me to start the process. We're trying to keep it super easy. Pretty much they reach out and say, hey, I'd love to be involved. Either their club um, is wanting to be involved, or maybe they're a coach that also says, you know, my club, we, we have an education pipeline already, but I also volunteer with a nonprofit in the area, Boys and Girls Club, um, a YMCA, and, you know, we know that those organizations really um, need resources as well. Again, then we just start the conversation and get them in the execution pipeline.
1: All right. In your opinion, it's such an outstanding project, but what makes this project unique, Amanda?
3: Um, I kind of just alluded to it, but I think what makes it really unique is... This is an opportunity for coaches and clubs that are in these communities to think of coach education in a new and kind of unique way of who else they can collaborate and partner with. Um, Again, these courses are going to be free to anyone who wants to attend, again, with priority being given to coaches serving urban areas. But how does that next layer look of maybe it is a nonprofit like a YMCA or a Boys and Girls Club or an independent nonprofit in their community that's that's kind of doing some of those boots-on-the-ground work and some of those underserved either – high-risk, high-crime neighborhoods and how we can get coaches to kind of understand that landscape a little bit while also providing resources to those kind of outlets. Um, So, again, the big thing I think that's unique is we're kind of taking the word coach or club and kind of reminding folks that that can be outside of you know what might traditionally be in someone's head. There are some great nonprofits out there that are doing some really great impactful work and using soccer as a part of that. Maybe it's a school district that's using soccer as a way for physical education in an after-school program. We want to then also provide this resource to those organizations as well. So we really are kind of looking at this as a community collaborative program and not just, you know, Soccer Club A wants to do education. It's How can we really make this a community
1: impact piece? So Amanda, quoting Lynn Burling-Manuel, United Soccer Coaches CEO, she said, Target's investment in quality coaching education will have a multiplier effect. Hundreds of improved coaches could impact tens of thousands of young players. We look forward to one day seeing many of those players honored as youth, high school, and college, United Soccer Coaches All-America Award winners, end quote. And certainly that quote right there kind of sums it all up the end result could be pretty awesome
3: yeah i think you know anytime you are running programming and working with communities we always hear back that there may be some that are that are either falling through the cracks or kind of being missed and and we want to just make sure we're doing our due diligence to engage as many soccer players through as many coaches that we can get educated ultimately that's our mission right serving the game we love through high quality education of coaches. So again, that trickles down to every single one of the players they serve. Again, that then you know, puts it in the pipeline for players to be eligible for any of the multitude of awards that we offer. And so again, that quote is quote is spot on in terms of the multiplier effect that this is gonna have through this target initiative.
1: You can feel her passion. If you meet her, you'll feel it as well. And she's already said right here on this podcast, contact me directly to learn more about the Urban Soccer Initiative. She's the development officer for United Soccer Coaches Foundation, Amanda Mitchell. Her email is A Mitchell A M I T C H E ll2ls at org, and then you heard those 15 communities for information on hosting a course in one of those metro areas you can also contact the education program coordinator, right? Robin Lavis that's the right contact for that, right?
3: Yep, absolutely.
1: Okay, and her email is rlavis at org. that's R-L-A-V-I-S Your final takeaway, Amanda, before we let you go on this exciting new project with Target.
3: You know, ultimately the final takeaway is please just reach out. We want to, we have money that we've raised to invest education and infuse education in these communities, and we want to make it as big um, as possible. So we encourage anyone who wants to be involved to reach out. Um, no club or organization is too small to be a part of this or too big. So again, we're just trying to infuse as much education as possible into communities.
1: Super exciting, Amanda. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us.
3: Thank you so much, Dean. Happy to talk to you.
1: In our last podcast, Lynn Berlin manuel the CEO for United Soccer Coaches came on to talk about the important push for U.S. soccer to pass a bylaw that would give United Soccer Coaches a vote with the United Soccer Federation. It's important here to give us another voice on it is Andy Hailey? He is one of 10 members on the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors, and he's a big-time lawyer, actually played soccer at Davidson for Charlie Slagle, who ironically was also on our last podcast, and he has been teaching at the Elon Law School for the last 10 years. Andy Hiley makes his voice heard when we return welcome back to our united soccer coaches podcast presented by team step i want to thank amanda mitchell who is the development officer for united soccer coaches foundation for kicking off the show and if you remember our last show of january we had lynn burling on the ceo talking about united soccer coaches seeking the u.s soccer board vote and it's all about a proposed amendment to the U.S. soccer bylaws that would ensure the National Association for Soccer Coaches, yes, United Soccer Coaches, would have representation on the U.S. Soccer Board of Directors. And guess what? They're going to vote on that this weekend, so we wanted to get another voice, and we're pleased to have one of the members of the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. He's Andy Hiley, and he played for Charlie Slago, ironically. He was on our last show at Davidson from 90 to 93. He was on the Final Four team that Charlie Slagle talked about, and after Davidson, Andy lived in Japan and then attended law school at Stanford, practiced corporate and tax law for 10 years before moving into teaching, and he's taught at the Elon Law School in Greensboro for the last 10 years, so really just by coincidence, uh, we live pretty close together as well, tied to Charlie, Lynn, and this important vote. It's great to have you on, Andy.
4: Dean, thanks for having me on. I've enjoyed listening to your podcast and uh, particularly enjoyed last week where I got to hear my old coach, Charlie Slagle, on the show.
1: Yeah, you heard Charlie, then you also heard Lynn talking about uh, what's going on. This is a big weekend, so from your lips to our ears, get us caught up on how you think it's going to shake out.
4: Well, uh, as most things in Life is never as easy as you hope. What we're asking for here is an amendment to the bylaws for U.S. soccer to allow the United Soccer Coaches Association to to vote on a board member as Lynn explained on your last show. Making the change is pretty easy from a technical perspective but anytime you change the power structure of an organization there are those who are going to potentially win and those who are going to lose and we're asking for something that I think everybody would recognize as fundamental to being a member of an organization which is to vote on the leadership of that organization and we don't currently have that so we're seeking that vote for a member of the board of directors. It's never easy. We've we've run into a couple issues where those who already have votes they'll be diminished a little bit in the sense of their voting power when you get new members in. We're very hopeful that we'll be able to be able to get this amendment passed because it's really a matter of just fundamental fairness that if you're a member of an organization, you should be able to be represented on the board of that organization. I'm very optimistic and hopeful, but you never know. And and so we're going to go on Thursday of this week and meet with parties and talk to them and hopefully get this uh, worked out positively for us
1: there any legal movements you can do to help it work out as well or no
4: well we 've done everything that we need to do from a legal perspective okay. to get this change made, which is to work through the u s soccer federation 's Rules Committee to introduce the language that we 'd like for the amendment. I know many of your listeners may not be as familiar with Corporate structures. This is the world that I kind of operate in now that I'm, I'm teaching and practicing law. But essentially, the board of directors, which is what we're trying to get a vote for, a member of the board, they're the ones who set the policy for the organization. So, you know, to be a member without a vote for a board member is essentially being like a citizen of the U.S. but not getting to vote you know, for who represents you in Congress. And so uh, we've done all we need to do from a legal perspective. At this point, it's really just working with the parties to try to get everybody comfortable that they're still going to have a a say in electing a board representative. And this just expands the vote to give us and the one other member who doesn't have a a voice right now, the uh, United States Armed Forces Sports Council, a vote for – The board of directors.
1: All right. Well, let's uh, educate even further. Just with our organization, United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. How many people are on that, and what would you say the general momentum is? As you looked around the table, or on the calls, or whatever, as you know, you guys uh, collectively decided to push for this.
4: Well, there are 10 members of the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. Six of them are elected by the membership, and then three of them are at-large appointees. I'm one of the three at-large appointees because of my legal background. We basically have somebody who has a business background, someone who has a legal background, and someone who has an accounting background as the at-large representatives. And then the chair of the Advocacy Council of United Soccer Coaches holds the 10th board position. As far as this attempt to change the bylaws of the United States Soccer Federation, I think there was unanimous agreement that we need to do this to allow coaches a voice, which is currently lacking with respect to the U.S. Soccer Federation. It's interesting, as I mentioned, every other member of the Federation has a vote for a board member except for us and the Armed Forces Sports Council. And the reason why we don't is because we don't register players. So despite the fact that we have about 30,000 coaches as members of the United Soccer Coaches Association, and we have 6,000 members coming to our annual convention, We don't have a say currently on the board of the United States Soccer Federation.
1: You mentioned that Thursday, which is when this podcast will air, you're going to get together with U.S. soccer. Tell us uh, what you hope to get done, and when will the final vote, when will we know if uh, this bylaw has been passed?
4: Well, starting on Thursday night uh, and then during the day of Friday, we'll meet with the various councils. Uh, within the United States Soccer Federation, the Youth Council, the Adult Council, the Pro Council, you know, and athletes. We're trying to get time to meet with each of those groups to explain to them what we want to accomplish here because they'll have an opportunity to vote on this bylaw amendment, the members of those various councils. And then the vote itself will occur on Saturday when what's called the National Council, which is essentially the, the membership of U.S. Soccer will have its plenary meeting. So we'll be uh, presenting beforehand to the various constituencies, and then we'll get an opportunity at the plenary meeting to present our amendment. We may have to dust off Robert's rules of order to do whatever procedural maneuvering we need to do to try to get this amendment passed so that our members, United Soccer Coaches, have a voice within U.S. soccer.
1: Break down the pros and cons you're hearing as you're trying to advocate to get this bylaw passed.
4: Well, I mean, the biggest pro, and is an obvious one, is representation is a matter of fairness. And I think everybody recognizes that. I mean, that's a fundamental pillar of our our political system within the U.S., and it's also a pillar of... Our, our corporate law system, which this falls under. And the the cons, I guess, are, again, those members who already have a vote within the group where where we reside, we're what's called a organization member. They will be diluted in the sense that there will be one or two, uh, hopefully two, uh, us and the Armed Forces Sports Council, more members casting a vote for that board representative. That's the, the potential downside. But as with most organizations, I think uh, more voices at the table add to the mix and hopefully result in better results, whether that's in an election or in a policy decision. And so we're just very hopeful that people will vote for what I think is the, the, the fair result here, which is to extend the vote so that we members of the federation get to have a representative on the board.
1: We're here with Andy Hiley, who is an at large member of United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors, talking about the bylaw to give United Soccer Coaches a vote in the U.S. Soccer Federation. All right, last question. If it is approved, tell us uh, immediately what that means for United Soccer Coaches. And then if it's not approved, what's the game plan?
4: Well, if it is approved, we will get to cast a vote for the at large representative to the board who will be elected uh, to a two year term shortly following this annual meeting. Okay, so if we don't get this approved, then we won't have a vote. And so for at least two more years, we won't have had the opportunity to help elect whoever the representative is for our category of member to the U.S. Soccer Federation. If that occurs, you know, I expect it will come back and try to do this again, because uh, once more, we think it's just a matter of fundamental fairness that if you're a member of an organization, you should have an opportunity to vote for the leaders of that organization. And Dean, not to get legalistic on you here, but I'll just mention the bylaws of U.S. soccer state that the board, which is what we like to be able to vote for, one of the members of the board, has all governance, supervisory, and administrative authority of the federation. So currently, those soccer coaches who we represent don't have a say in the governance, supervision, and administration of the Federation unless we can get this changed. So that's why we're working on it.
1: All right. If people hear it this morning, is there anything they can do last minute to help you?
4: Well, if they're members of those groups, you know, again, the Youth Council, the Adult Council, the Pro Council, and athletes, they can talk to their leadership and express any support they have for extending representation to us and to the Armed Forces Council. Because uh, currently, as I said, we're the only groups that don't have a vote for a board member. So we'd appreciate any help that our members can can give through those other councils that that do have a vote. Short of that, as I mentioned before, we've already done the work, the legal work that we need to do, and, and now it's meeting with the various councils and trying to help them to understand why it's important for us. To have this
1: voice, indeed, a pleasure to have you on the show here one last time before the big vote. Uh, certainly, wishing you and United Soccer Coaches the best of luck uh, in this vote for the bylaw. Thanks, Andy. Highly, he's a ten-year top man at the Elon Law School, played at Davidson, big-time soccer guy as well. And as we said on the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors, Andy, pleasure
4: having you on the show. Thank you, Dean. I really appreciate you letting me talk to you about this.
1: Okay, let's all hope that U.S. Soccer Federation does the right thing and passes this. By law, it just sounds like common sense to me. All right. Last week, February 6th, marked the 33rd annual National Girls and Women in Sports Day, a national observance celebrating the extraordinary achievements of women and girls in sports. Kendra D. St. Alban who worked with me at the Big Ten Network. We got her involved in the then-named NSCAA College Game of the Week on Fox Soccer. She is the only full-time female analyst in MLS, now entering her third year with the Minnesota franchise. they got that brand-new stadium. Kendra D. St. Aubin joins me next, a week after National Girls and Women in Sports Day.
0: United Soccer Coaches provides programs and services that enhance, encourage, and contribute to the development and recognition of soccer coaches, their players, and the game we love. Join today. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join.
1: This is the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by TeamSnap. Dean Linky with one of my all-time favorites, Kendra D. St. Alvin. Funky Cole Medina. She is really ahead of her time. She's the analyst for Minnesota of Major League Soccer. She's been on Fox. She worked with me way back in the day. And Kendra, it's great to be back with you.
5: It's exciting to be back here. My gosh, I remember the last time I was at this convention, we were doing the WPS draft together in Kansas City, so it's good to be back.
1: Yeah, we actually folded that league, right?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we shut that thing down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was so much fun, and we did the then-named NSCA Game of the Week on Fox Soccer, which was a great time, Kendra. And you get the call from Minnesota They're trendsetters. They say, hey, we want a female in there. You're from Minnesota. Talk about what that means.
5: Well, first of all, you know, I did the Big Ten games with you way back in the day, and that was really my start into broadcasting for any sort of television, let alone women's soccer, and um, just kind of worked my way up. And then, yeah, Minnesota got the league. They went from NASL to MLS, and it was really like a homecoming for me. And we had no clue that we were going to be moving back to Minnesota. We lived in other states for 14 years, and it was one of those opportunities you just couldn't turn down Um, not to say that if another MLS club had decided they wanted to go in that direction I wouldn't have looked at it but there was something about coming home and being a part of Minnesota soccer again where I played my youth soccer my club soccer high school college soccer at the University of Minnesota it was literally like a dream come true and just full circle to be able to do you know what we love as our jobs in the first place is amazing let alone the fact that it was for Minnesota it really could not have been a better opportunity. It's been awesome.
1: Yeah, that was one of our first games together yes. in Minnesota. There was mm-hmm. actually a picture of you <laughs> yeah, up in that pressure. Terrible, box terrible as well. picture. I
5: think that when I had them take that one down.
1: Yeah, but uh <laughs> incredible. And you got a little daughter now that's five yes. years old. So I mean to have family and do what you love, it's the double I mean, that's the double whammy that's awesome, right? It
5: is, it is. And it was interesting coming back. I mean, you know, dealing with Manny Lagos and Amos McGee and all these people that played for the Minnesota Thunder and are just soccer legends in the state and then now they're part of the club. So it's really cool because I go to every kind of function and charity event in Minnesota that's related to soccer or the Sana Foundation or whatever, and it's like a homecoming, you know, where you just see people that I played with or my husband played with um, in Minnesota as well. So it's been really cool to see that kind of transition in Minnesota soccer from way back in the days and the strikers and the kicks now to see Minnesota in MLS.
1: Well, you do a great job. I mean, you've got a big personality. And what has been, like, what was the toughest part Early on, when people said, Wait, you got a woman doing this? Mm -hmm. What's that all about?
5: Well, you know, I think being in the sports industry as a woman in general for so long, I was a reporter for ESPN Radio covering, you know, Major League Baseball and NFL and NBA and all those things. So you develop kind of not a thick skin, but a certain um, feel for being in in a male dominated environment and a male dominated industry. And my feel with soccer was always like, There is no other sport where the game is exactly the same. The ball's the same size. feels the same size the same amount of players on the field that the rules are the same you really can't say that for most other sports so to me soccer was soccer and it was like yeah the the, the men's game may be a little faster paced but it doesn't you know my brain works as fast as anybody else's so I can break it down just the same so fortunately for me I have a huge support um, around me everybody in in my career every step of the way has been supportive of of what I've been able to do of course you always have critics out there and people that are helping you along the way get better um and some good mentors too so um i haven't had a lot of pushback you know and i think the the people that pushed back on it weren't pushing back because i was a woman doing a man's game it was more just like they may not w- like the way you call a game mm-hmm. which that happens to all of us what no matter what you're playing there aren't going to be people that like your style for yeah. everything sure so um you just kind of roll with the punches and and go with it and um you know, it's been a blast. I, I literally have no complaints, and I've gotten to work with some really great people.
1: And it even brings out more of that great Minnesota accent <laughs> that I love so <laughs> much, right? Every once in a while,
5: tag and bag and reg that Yeah, I like love to it. Rip on great before. people
1: in Minnesota, right? Yes, I mean, phenomenal yes. people. Which, well,
5: you've been there a lot, so yeah. you know.
1: It makes it better, and now you got the new stadium. It's going to be red Oof. hot.
5: It's going to be awesome. I mean, you've got to make a trip over there. Maybe for the Gold Cup game, you know, June 18th, we've got the CONCACAT, the Gold Cup game coming to town for the U.S. men's national team, and that's going to be awesome. But Allianz Field is just something that. That nobody was, there's a lot of cool stadiums. You've been in this league a long time, you've been around soccer a long time, so you know. You call
1: me old or what? Well,
5: you know when there wasn't <laughs> soccer specific stadiums. Right, You yeah, know, it's, it's I mean, ridiculous. Columbus Crew was like one of the first ones out there, right? Yeah. And I went to, the, my, my husband played in the College Cup there, and it was like the coolest new thing. And now everybody has a soccer specific stadium, and the Women's League has soccer specific stadiums. So, what you see happening now across the country with this sport, is something I don't know a lot of us ever thought would happen. And you were with US Soccer a long time ago. So you've seen this sport grow in this country. And it is so fun just being at this convention. You see the size of this sport and how many things are going on and how many people are here interested in wanting to get better as coaches. So it's just been really cool to see.
1: Kendra D. St. Alban, how many times would I say that in a broadcast?
5: Well, you used to rhyme it with funky, cold Medina. (laughs) And I've I've had broadcasters too, other broadcast partners, you know, that when you're doing your on camera, you're taping, you're open, you know, they're taping my name to the bottom of the camera just because, like, you know, you're going to have a brain fart at some point and forget (laughs) it or mix it up or something like that. So. it's you know you're you were the first person i did a television broadcast with so i have you to thank for a lot because you know what your energy and your personality and your dedication to the work that you put into the broadcast. People don't understand or maybe quite respect what goes into a good television broadcast, whether it's play by player and analyst, how much work it actually is. So I'll never forget that steak dinner we had in Minneapolis uh, the first night I met you before doing our first game together, and it's just been awesome ever since.
1: It's been fun. Kendra yeah. D., St. Aubin, all the best. Hope to see you the on the World Cup voice. as well. And yeah. It's
5: tough to do in your role, though.
1: Thanks for being with us. <laughs> Thank you. Always great to spend some time with Kendra D. St. Albans. So impressive with her growth, especially just one week after we celebrated the 33rd annual National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Coming up, another visit with one of the podcasters on Podcast Row. It's the Cooligans. Stay with us.
2: Still managing your club or league on paper and spreadsheets? Go paperless with Team Snap. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, they have well. Hey, fewer paper cuts. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more.
1: Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. We're continuing the theme here month to month where we are ending the show, spending time with all the big-time celebrities that were on podcast row as part of the 2019 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Chicago. And I got to admit, everybody's like, Dean, man, you're not cool unless you get the cooligans on. Those guys are <laughs> funny. They are... Keeping up with everything, and I got them. I got the Cooligans. That makes me, I guess I'm not a Cooligan, but it makes me cool, <laughs> though. I got Alexis Guerreros, and I've got Christian Polanco. That's right. The Cooligans Podcast, which is heard when, where, how?
6: Every Wednesday. Every single Wednesday. Anywhere on. you can get podcasts from iTunes to Stitcher to Google Play to Spotify yep. to. You know, blaring out of cars.
1: 52 uh. times a week, no breaks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 52 times a year. A year. Yeah, 52 yeah. times
7: a week might be a little bit That's the total shoot. soccer show. That's right. their schedule. <laughs> that's it's a little bit
6: much, I'm not going to lie. You <laughs> can't do 52 times a week? <laughs> We're, we try not to. Yeah. Uh, we barely tweet 52 <laughs> times a week. I deserve that. I don't know why I said it. It's been a long day. It's okay. 52 times a year, we've never taken a break in three years. Yeah. Three, a little over three years, we've never missed a week.
7: We're committed very much to Sometimes
6: America. twice a week.
7: Yeah, that's right. We've been doing that as well. Sometimes. So just
6: 50 more to go. <laughs> but to we, meet Dean's, respect, Dean's <laughs> bar of what a great podcast is. Apparently, you never get off a microphone.
7: We are very committed uh, to American soccer and to comedy, and that's and that's why we're we're both stand-up comedians. We've been doing stand-up uh, in New York for uh, basically a decade. Uh, and, and for
6: everyone listening, we're professional stand-ups. We're not, you know, we don't go up once every few months yeah. and try. We do it seven nights a week. Yes, every
7: we're, day. We do in New stand-up York City. 52 times a week. That, that's that, actually Actually closer that is to the truth. That's okay. much more accurate. Yeah.
1: So th- that's also a theme, right? I mean, you know, Kevin Flynn. Yeah. Uh, does it? Yeah. These maniacs over here got mm-hmm. the comedy thing going on as well, and then the cooligans. Does that just mean like most comedians are like soccer geeks, or what's going on? Not at no, all. you
6: literally have spoken to, to all, all four. <laughs> no, that's it. No one else is into soccer, and I know because we bring it up all Will the time. Will Ferrell likes rooms. soccer, though. No, he likes owning soccer teams. A little different. <laughs> he made a movie about. It, and then he decided to buy a team. And to be honest, I
7: would rather own a soccer team than do stand-up comedy. Too.
6: Or or a podcast. <laughs> or I, I'd rather be like, Will Ferrell, yeah. Yeah, that'd, that'd be nice. Actually, Will Ferrell's not a comic. He doesn't do stand-up. So he's yeah. a really funny he's dude. He's a comedic yeah. actor. Yeah, he's a comedic actor. So there it is. If you choose stand-up, you'll never make enough money to buy a team. <laughs> yeah. But if you go act, you can own a team. <laughs> so well, actually, kids, if you're listening and soccer doesn't work out go. for you.
1: I know we're all about dropping names, but actually I ran into Mia Hamm in Manhattan Beach last week. And... I I didn't
6: even know Manhattan had a beach. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I know. And you're from New York. Yeah. How did you not know that?
1: And Mia said that Will Farrell, by the way, is a massive soccer fan. His kids play. Yeah, yeah. And he's super funny, just like you guys. Yeah, he's a know, big Chelsea fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's all in and loving it. But you're right. I mean, to be an owner is is pretty cool. Okay. That's come on, man. Level. Tell the story. All of a sudden, man, we're funny. We're doing this. Let's do a soccer podcast called The Cooligans. How did it happen? You what?
6: literally just told the story. That's yeah, awesome. That, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually not dissimilar from what you said. You we were both doing stand-up and we knew of each other at first and then we've both been doing stand-up for nine years in the same scene so we know we knew each other we both had different podcasts and we knew that there was like this mutual love of soccer so we would always talk soccer and when nycfc started i decided to buy season tickets and i reached out to him and said hey i'm getting season tickets to this thing it's not that expensive i don't know if you want to come he did and we stood next to each other and we joked around and probably maybe four or five games in and we were like hey wait a minute we're stand-up comics we love soccer and at that point we didn't know that kevin flynn's podcast and and uh and mike madger's podcast existed so we were like, why don't we do this? I was like, no comics are talking about soccer. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we, we started researching and finding other podcasts and we realized there's not that many Latinos talking <laughs> about soccer. Yeah. There's not that many dudes from New York talking soccer. There's not that many, he's Dominican, I'm Cuban. Those are two countries that don't even play soccer. I go, you're definitely not going to find a Cuban and a Dominican <laughs> right. talking soccer. Never mind, together. Yeah. And then once you put that all together, I'm like, wow, that really separates us from everyone else. And we love doing podcasts. So we decided to start Cooligans. Christian hated the name. I loved it. It was my idea for the name.
7: And he hated it so much he started to like it right away. I think when people first hear the name, they're like, this is too stupid to support. Yeah. And then when they actually hear us, they're like, oh, you know, it's just something It's something that grows on you. Yeah. And it's just like, it's silly enough and, and not serious enough Yeah. To, to be like, OK, cool. I can make this part of this. I can add this to the lexicon, and I'm, right. I'm OK saying it.
1: And the D- Dominican-Cuban thing, it feels a little bit like an SNL skit as well, you I, know? So, yeah. It, well, yeah.
7: There, <laughs> there, there was a, a very, weak, there was a contentious moment just. A couple uh, a couple weeks ago, because Cuba and the Dominican Rep- Republic were playing in a, in a CONCACAF Nations League match, okay. and we called it the Cooligan's Clasico, right? Because yeah. I mean,
6: it's, it's the biggest that's game. That's what I would call it. <laughs> and the fans went nuts. <laughs> so people, like, our and, fans are like paid attention to this game that no one, even in those two countries, yes, are watching. Right, I, I, and
7: yeah. our, our fans are not majority Cuban and Dominican. Trust me, right? No. So, uh, and and they had they they were fi- they were interested in this game uh, that's taking place in the Caribbean uh, with two countries that are not particularly good at the sport but because of us they were emotionally invested so
6: just for the bragging rights because they were like they kept telling us they wanted to watch the game to see who wins because then they, they kind of felt like we can't wait to hear what the Cooligans are going to say about this yep. game. So it was just like this whole lead-up to this game that no one else cared about. <laughs> I bet you whoever's tracking the data over at the CONCACAF Champions League website that showed the game were like, wow, what a weird <laughs> spike for this game.
1: <laughs> All about you guys, man. I love that. All comedians like, kind of like to pick sort of one thing that they like to, for lack of a better word, pick on you know, or kind of angle for. How about you guys? Is there something you I mean, guys...
7: I can answer for Alexis. His weight. He
6: makes my yeah. <laughs> weight. <laughs> I all do. Right. Well, well, I mean... I think we, you look great, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, all right. We go, we're coming back on this podcast. <laughs> quite a bit. Dean, baby. you <laughs> up. We knock you down. He builds up. Um, I think it's... You know, we, we joke... As comics, we joke about ourselves a lot. I think that's the big thing. But I don't think anyone ever has made fun of soccer while loving it. You know what I mean? Like, you, like the way you would pick on your best friend. That's how we joke about soccer. And I think it's, it sets us apart because traditionally comedians would make fun of soccer as being a sport that isn't cool or no one cares about or it's not the NFL. And we felt so differently that we were like, what if we joked about it from the inside the way the fans do? You know, at a bar. You know, make fun of your team that's losing or you, 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 know, you joke about this thing that happened. No one was doing that. I think a lot of people that start soccer podcasts, specifically for leagues or teams, want to sort of on their way to being a journalist almost or carry themselves that way because for so long that media didn't exist for for American soccer and we were like there's no one being silly. Mm-hmm. Let's be silly. Yeah. And we know yeah. what we're talking about. We know how to break down formations. Someone even said that to us last night. Well, you guys really know what you're talking about, though. And we're like, why is that such a surprise? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you keep saying it that way, you <laughs> yeah, know? What about
1: you? What's your what's your go-to?
6: I mean, for me, I, as a comedian in general,
7: I'm, I don't know. I'm very self-deprecating. I, I, yeah. That's where I, I can't take myself too seriously ever. So right. that is, that, that's just how I operate in life. That isn't even just like a, yeah. uh, you know, I always. I've never been in a fight, right? And I tell myself, like, I. It's mainly because he would I, kill the guy. I would kill. I,
6: yeah. Because of my threats that I made. Yeah. No. You guys can't hear him, but I'm like, can't I can't see him. I need
7: you to desperately like me so you don't beat me up. That's right. really my main focus in life. So anything uh, that leans towards uh, uh, being self-deprecating, being silly, that's that's where I go.
6: And I think I think that's the important thing about our podcast is you can hear it. Immediately, yeah. It's not like a show that you have to watch the beginning of to get... As soon as you listen to any episode, even some of our fans that picked us up recently said they went back and listened to the first episodes. It, it's like you guys already knew who you were. Yeah. If you listen to the show, you realize we don't take ourselves that seriously. So just sit back, relax, and have a good time. Yeah. You know what I mean? We like to joke. We Cause, like that fun. Because we
7: occasionally get... Like, we'll go to games and, and meet, like, you know, some of those, like, soccer ultras, those really, really big fans. And they are, like... They're, they're almost, what we do and what they do are, are completely juxtaposed, yeah, right? Okay, they're, yeah. they're like, Dang. you don't make fun of soccer because I'm so passionate about it that I don't, I don't even want to hear a joke about yeah. it. And that's totally fine. We respect that fan. You, of course, that's, that's beautiful in its own right. But there's like, there should be some room for some humor. For some, hey, my team sucks this year. Like right. we're not having a good time. Maybe, maybe some, maybe uh, the games happen on the weekend, and then during the weekday, I can hear a comedy podcast about soccer and and make me feel a little bit better. That you know about how my team is doing.
1: I'm gonna guess you guys have this standing wait list for people to get on there. That's pretty strong. But is there one go to guy where you're ever in a jam and it's automatic to get on?
6: Well, uh, yeah. I think we have a we have a small group of people that are very open to being on the show whenever they can. Yeah. I would say Jimmy Conrad is one of the first ones mm-hmm. to jump on our show, and he's become like a good friend, and almost like a yeah. like a podcast or like a like a soccer media spiritual leader to us. <laughs> yeah, because he's kind of adjacent to a lot. You know, he doesn't get invited to all the events anymore, and that's yeah. us too. You know, we say some things sometimes that people are like, "Wait a minute," yeah. you know, and. Yeah, he's one of the ones. Alexi Lalas is, yeah. a, is a big fan also of the show. Also, Paul Tenorio from yeah. The Athletic. Yeah. Is like, like, and I've saw games with Paul before, yeah. Paul, yeah. So and, when we need someone who knows what they're talking about,
1: yes. we bring on Paul.
7: Yeah we, oh, yeah, we need these people for the credibility, because people will not
6: trust us and so our soccer opinion. The
1: finger-waving. What's the biggest finger-waving thing you guys have done? <laughs>
6: I don't you know, think we could say that on this podcast. <laughs> you can that, come that, close. That was frowned upon. I mean, look, so occasionally. I, I think it's I, being opinionated more I, than anything. I,
7: yeah, I think the idea of of having comedians in this soccer space can rub people a, a, the wrong way. One, because I think people are not used to it, and then two, they think we're going to make fun of them or uh, or or be or roast them a little too harshly. So I think when we kind of go off and, and and go on, you know, Alexis Guerrero. I created this thing called uh, Guerrance. So whenever he sure. he goes off, <laughs> love that. And yeah. and you know like we did a thing. Uh, so Liam Ridgewell from the Portland Timbers, who just left the Portland Timbers, I don't know what team he's gonna go to next. But he was uh, on a show in England called Soccer AM. Uh, and while he was there, he was kind of mocking. Well, I, no, one of the guys mocked. One of the guys mocked the
6: idea of the playoffs, MLS
7: playoffs, and like uh, okay. and I no no relegation, right? All, all you know, no manager. Ever get sacked, right? If, if there's no relegation, uh, and Liam Ridgewell didn't really like he—he's representing American soccer in that space at that
6: at that time. He could speak a little bit positively, or at least it was like the cool kids allowed one of the nerdy kids to sit at their table, and they started making fun of this guy's old friends or the, the nerds. And he was like, "Yeah, they're stupid, right?" It's kind of what he did. Yeah, he, he didn't. Not that you have to defend American soccer, but dude. Stand up a little bit for what you are. Make fun of them <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know, carry yourself with a little bit of class, and you're representing our league. Yeah. The team that puts money in your pocket. Right. And yeah. you're not saying anything. You're like, yeah, it's dumb, right? No yeah. just you lap, guys are right. Just laughing yeah.
7: along with them, and it's like, oh, well, that's not the best representation. It's like, and that's like,
6: wow. Wha- Which is how he would have said it. <laughs> I went on a 20-minute yelling directly into a camera <laughs> okay. rant. And I text him, I'm furious. Because it happened the night before the show that we recorded. I said, I'm furious. I'm going in. Right. And I just text him. like, I want you to know I'm going in. I'm probably going to go for about 10 minutes. I got a lot to say. And when I get there, we have this uh, big live wall behind us. And we have a three-camera setup. We recorded a studio with Cumulus Media, OG Podcast Network. So we get there. I didn't realize it. He switched the tile. He goes, wait, Alexis. So before we talk about this, look back. And it says Guerrero. And it's like a picture of me, like angry. <laughs> it was perfect. I laughed. And it Spot it, got, on. it got me a little less. Angry, so that it was funnier than angry. Yeah, yeah. for the uh, for the uh, for the rant, but it was a good time. <laughs> so that's probably the biggest one where we heard it from a lot of people we didn't know listen to the show. I <laughs> love it, love yeah, because it. Because
7: we get we get a lot of the kind of like Euro snobs, which I understand you may not say you may not like American soccer, you may not like MLS, USL, whatever, uh, and and you you prefer Premier League or just European soccer in general. Like, you, you, how how much do you need to harp about how how European soccer is better? Like, we all know it is. Like, yeah. That's not what we're doing here. We're trying to, like, grow something uh, organic and, and very real. And, and we see it every time, like, even with when a new expansion team com, comes into MLS or, or when there's a new USL team or something. Like, the fan base, what it takes to be an American soccer fan, especially for a new team, like, we meet these people, I'm like... This is incredible, your level of commitment, your level of passion to this is like, we wanna treat that with respect and not yeah. just to talk about how, how crap the soccer is. And like, that's just a waste of time.
6: I or, love it. you know, for us, I think this is the most important thing is like, look, it may not be the level that you're used to if you've only ever watched Liverpool games for the last few years, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun. Yeah, it's man. like going to a high school basketball game and like, oh, why, why isn't anybody dunking? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, relax, have a good time. Yeah, There's yeah, basketball yeah. being played in front of you. At the end of the day, this is a sport. You don't only have to watch the elites. You know, and for us, I think that's American soccer has these moments of brilliance. And if you just whitewash it away as saying, oh, it's this bad thing, I don't like it, and it's not exactly the system, you know, business-wise or the thing I like, then you're just missing out. And let us have a good time with it. And the fans who listen to us are prepared for that. They're like, I'm ready to have a good time. It it doesn't matter if it's perfect or not. Not everyone drives a Ferrari. You still have a good time in your car, okay? You guys don't drive Ferraris? Of course
4: I, I, I do, but it for it the first. fans oh, okay. Okay. they don't get yeah. to okay. be rich okay.
6: podcasters like us in <laughs> our free Ferraris <laughs> that U.S. soccer coach just gives us. Right,
1: good, I'll make sure we're on the same page yeah. here. Same level, Alexis Guerrero, Christian Polanco, the Cooligans, what came first, comedy or soccer?
6: Oh. For me, okay. soccer. Oh, for me, no. Oh, you know what? That I did first? Y- y- Just, what came we were- first? Like, oh, what was your I liked first? I comedy before I liked anything yeah, else. Yeah, I would take okay. a- I didn't learn English until I was like nine, and <laughs> comedy is one of the first things that I understood in English because the facial expressions, you can tell when someone's being condescending, you can tell when someone's being scared, even right. if you don't understand the language. So for me, comedy was my entry point in English. Yeah, as I-, I was okay. absolutely
7: obsessed with stand-up comedy, especially in my teenage years and in college. Like, that was all I did, listening. The comedy out: George Carlin, Mitch Hedberg, all these people like I obsessed.
1: You knew what I was gonna ask. So yeah, yeah. George, Mitch. okay. Yeah, how, yeah. About, how about more? How about younger? Who's a younger uh, stand-up comedian that uh, you really enjoy? Like currently? Yeah.
7: Uh, I mean, right now, I mean, John Mulaney is probably one of my favorite comics. Uh, he does his specials right now. are amazing. Right I mean, there's so many. We're in New York. This uh, it, it's almost difficult to answer that question because we have so many funny friends. Our peers are just and they're our coworkers. They're yeah. hilarious and they push us to just be better. Uh, like
6: I love David Tell. We, uh, Christian and I could go see. The David Tell any night we want, yeah perform. And we might be on the same show as him, you know, right. twice a week. And that's someone who I've looked up to before I ever started stand-up. Yeah. Colin Quinn, you know, guys Dave, like Dave that. Dave Chappelle. I mean, uh, Chappelle's Quinn's funny. Yeah, Chappelle's the funniest, the funniest guy ever. Yeah, yeah you know? he is, yeah. Things so, like that. These are people that we get to, we, I mean, we're certainly, I wouldn't call myself a peer just yet, but <laughs> we get to work with them. I would. I I'm would.
1: sure I probably already lost a ton of credibility anyway for whatever reason, but uh, particularly when I, when I said that, uh, you know, we don't cuss on this thing, but have you guys seen the movie Funny People? Of course. Yeah, yeah, funny people. The Judd Apatow
7: movie. Yeah, so... Yeah
1: just your reflection on that movie and what it's like. is that what it's like like uh
6: I thought Funny People It's fairly accurate of the, of the like crashing is not what it's like at all if people who watch HBO is crashing yeah you're in comedy for three weeks and you're living with Sarah Silverman no final works <laughs> uh, but yeah we've both been doing it for nine years none of you know who we are
7: um, <laughs> and that's usually yeah. how it is Yeah. And, yeah. but
6: uh, I think of all the movies that kind of get the anxiety and the loneliness of being a stand up and having friends who stand stand-ups that just don't take anything seriously, yeah. and every little thing you do, regardless of who's in front of you, is open for interpretation and joking. I think funny people got it the most right.
1: I actually thought Sarah Silverman's little bit piece in that movie was the one of the funniest moments. She's of funny. That movie, and yeah. then the other time when Eminem is looking over at Ray Romano. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <That's> a great...
6: <laughs> and then I thought everybody loves
7: Ray. you know? Yeah. Like, that is awesome. But, You know, I think that that part that uh, part of our identity, like why we've been fairly welcomed in in the soccer uh, environment is because everybody loves comedy right yeah. so well, like, you know just hearing the idea of 2 stand-up comics uh, uh, talking about a, a thing that they already love like that's those those are the people we want to to reach you know uh, and it's and it it's just been like it, it, I was talking about first love like we can't ever remove that from our lives like I think people appreciate us more because we're so committed to stand-up comedy and 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 it's like a a, a plus that we enjoy Soccer as well, so we we it's just like it's it's palatable in a way that like okay cool I can I can make this a part of my week and and just laugh along uh, and have a good time about and and. And especially with how niche the things are, We're t- we can talk about the Seattle Sounders, and there's no other comedy podcast that is going to be doing that. So that's right. like,
6: or not losing every one of their listeners at that moment that they bring up Seattle Sounders. Our fans want to hear that. Yeah, right. You know, if Mark Maron said that on his podcast, people would be like, "The what?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But
1: they also want to hear comedy stuff too, right? So if, if I listen to your show and forty or sixty percent was comedy and and forty percent
6: soccer, are people digging that? Because I think I would. I think it's a hundred, a hundred. To be completely. To be okay. with yeah. We, I think we we would never that be 50-50 then. No, or? I mean it really <laughs> is 100-100. I'm not very good at math. What you <laughs> don't understand is it's 200%. <laughs> Guys, we got to fill 52 episodes a week, right? So um, You got to do 200%. Uh, I think what's important is everything we say is about soccer and is funny. Okay. Without sounding like I'm cocky, we're trying to be funny and yeah. talk about soccer at the same time. So they both like that's the gear we're in. We're in the we're in the funny gear about soccer on the road of soccer. That okay. makes
1: So not to get dark on you, but, uh, you know, stand-up comedians, Pete Davidson, what's your take on how he's doing and stuff? Well, well, we know
6: Pete. Yeah, he's a friend friend of ours. (laughs) A good friend of ours. You know, look, unfortunately, there's uh, a, a comedy, like anything else, is a slice of life. And you have some people that, um, you know, are going through things, and they use comedy as getting on stage has this sort of cathartic effect where you feel like, oh, it's almost like going to therapy. I just go on stage, but when you come off stage and you come down off that high, yeah, it sort of escalates sometimes. And it, it you, so you, we've seen some really close friend of ours that are going through issues. So we've seen it at its worst, and it's right after them just crushing on stage. Pete is a, a young comic, a great guy. And like everyone else, he has some things he needs to work on, and we just continue to hope that he does, you know? It's tough to go through a breakup when every website's talking about it. Imagine you broke up with your fiancé, and the, every website in the world was talking about. You know, some Indian news website was posting <laughs> about. It. Think about that. That would be tough for you. Right, so it'd be yeah. tough for anybody.
1: You, you guys are funny. You make a, bring a big smile to my face. Lastly, you're here on podcast row at this big soccer show. Amazing superstars
6: everywhere. That's us. The, we're the superstars. Yeah, well,
1: that's what I'm saying. Exactly. But uh, this is kind of cool, right? Like, what made you say, "Yeah, I want in"?
6: Well, we we came to. Uh, we
7: were the one in Philly. The one in Philly last year, okay. and we got and we like we did a. A couple interviews, but there we weren't on this like media row. There we weren't on on a podcast row. We just had to like find a corner to just hold <laughs> a mic and interview people. But I think the the idea more. We're absolutely honored that that United Soccer Coach is like one. Like met us, they, they, we, uh, we we met a lot of people. We tour, did a so welcome comedy We went to the offices in Kansas City, so, so okay. they saw us, they saw us do stand up. Nice, we got to actually meet people, and and so a lot of the United Soccer coaches are like fans of the show and then uh, listen to it. And the fact that we got asked to come here uh, and just be welcomed amongst all this this. this all these prestigious soccer people, that yeah. means a lot. And it, me- it means a lot. In th- it's
6: it- great to be around all these prestigious soccer people and you guys. And you-, <laughs> you know, I think that's what's important. You know what I mean? Is That we get to also be around you, le- you much less prestigious soccer people. <laughs> but it means it. lot. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Not only are they accepting the Kooligans in this, but like I, I, feel like they're accepting. Oh, we let, let's add some levity to to the, the you know the, the expertise of all the soccer people and I that are th-
6: on podcast row. We should say thank you to Toby because he was one of the big. Yeah, yeah. He started. It's funny when we went when we did the World Cup comedy tour. He wanted to meet the Total Soccer Show guys. He's a huge fan of their podcast. And he never heard of us at that point, yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, you guys are cool too." Back to those Soccer Show. yeah. And he was just in in love with the idea of get, finally getting to meet these guys that he listens to because they do they really do five episodes a week. They're a great podcast, They're amazing. Yeah. So he listens to them every day in the office, right. Monday to Friday. And he had never heard of us. And we got up on stage and did our stand up. They got on stage and did more of like trivia with the fans and stuff, which is more of what they do. And Toby came up to me, he's like, "Man, I didn't realize you guys were so funny. I sh- I want to start listening." And now he's a big fan of ours, yeah. And a lot of the <laughs> folks over at the U.S. soccer coach federation they'll tweet at us things we've said on the show or they'll do callbacks to things we said on previous shows that so we know world. everyone's listening and to give us a chance to come out here and, and yeah. to get to interview and be a part of this event it's great absolutely great well i'm a fan too now i mean i
1: love this so i want to know how i can follow you which means everybody listening to my show can also follow you guys so besides the fact that you've got the Cooligans. Podcast that is fifty-two times a day. I'm going yeah. to a day now.
6: <laughs>
7: yeah.
1: Uh, how can they follow you guys on Twitter and stuff?
7: <laughs> uh, at Soccer Cooligans on all social media, uh, SoccerCooligans.com, uh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, we do the podcast. Uh, it's on every uh, podcast platform. Uh, every Wednesday, we occasionally do a second episode a week, uh, and and yeah, please follow us. We do have uh, we have fun on Instagram. A bunch of jokes there. Our Twitter is the most like that's where that's the community. That's that's the big engagement there, Enga- yeah. yeah. Everybody, we we tweet something and then like and, and go ahead and promote you guys individually as well.
1: Sure, like, I'm yeah.
6: at Chris Polanco on Twitter uh, and I'm at Not Alexis N O T A L E X I S. Yeah. And if you're a fan of the show and you're listening and you want to support us, we have something called Gully Squad, which is you know a group of fans that are really big big fans of ours. They can go on our website and join that, and subscribe to our to the network, and help us out a little bit, you know, and to, so we could do more things like this. We could fly out to your city and do a show yep. like we did for the World Cup Comedy Tour. Yeah. Awesome. You guys definitely bring a big smile to my face, so thank I you appreciate so much. it. Thanks so much, Thanks Good man. to see Dude, you.
1: This was a blast. Right. Thank you so much. United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. And Never
6: wonder who will show up again. No, Team Snap. No cuss words either. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Not too bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those guys are funny. It was genuine. I can tell you. They are outstanding. The Cooligans. want to thank them. want to thank Kendra D. St. Alban. I want to thank Amanda Mitchell. And also want to thank Andy Hiley with United Soccer Coaches board. of directors kudos to mike knipper and jeff van dusen and toby and lynn and ian and steve veal and the whole gang at united soccer coaches we'll see you back here february 28th for another edition of united soccer coaches podcast presented by team snap
0: United Soccer Coaches provides programs and services that enhance, encourage, and contribute to the development and recognition of soccer coaches, their players, and the game we love. Join today. Visit UnitedSoccerCoaches.org join.